This is the Terence and Emma podcast, all about relationships and seeing things differently. This is a podcast based around the topics of relationships. I'm Emma Mullings. Hello, I'm Terence. And we've been married for almost 10 years. We have almost... Gosh, that's a lifetime, isn't it? <laughs> we have almost four children and we both work in music and media and we love God and we're passionate about helping people. So we might sound very similar, but we're extremely opposite in absolutely every element. <laughs> Because it's a track, baby. But we haven't killed each other yet. So we thought we'd uh, put together this podcast to talk about some of the things in our relationship and maybe help someone along the way and uh, get some experts in, which is why Colette is here. Saviour. So Colette Smart is a psychologist, a qualified teacher, a lecturer and a writer. She has more than 20 years experience working in both private and public schools as well as her private practice. She appears regularly on national television and radio. And she's an expert in teen and family issues. So welcome, Colette. Thank you. It's very exciting to And be you also have a brand here. new book coming out soon. I do. It's very exciting. Come on. So, Colette, we wanted to have a chat for many reasons. <laughs> I might book in for a personal session <laughs> afterwards. It's um, basically free <laughs> advice to help our family right now. It's under the guise of a podcast to help everybody else, but this really is going to help us. All right. So our children are all under 10. So you are an expert when it comes to adolescent and teens and and that's a whole different ball game. We just thought you could give so much advice when it comes to healthy families and healthy relationships within families. But firstly, Colette, families are the first relationships we experience. Just explain to us how our relationships good for our health. Well, uh, there's a study I love to quote that's uh, that I actually talk about in in my upcoming book, which is it's a 75 year study, which is just incredible. So the people who started the study are no longer with us, mm-hmm. but a lot of the people who the it, it was a study on men. So a lot of the men uh, are still alive; they're in their 90s, and uh, what they found from the study, they didn't know what they w- were going to find when they first started. They wanted to know what led to happiness, mm-hmm. and Really, what was incredible, uh, they thought, you know, if, if people had stable homes, a good house, or had had a good career, a good job. This is good, because um, I thought when you were talking about men, you're just going to say sex, <laughs> and it makes everyone happy. But there's Even more though, to us. Absolutely. This is good. This is giving me hope. It gives... It gives it re- uh, what I love about the study is the richness it brings. Mm. Uh, the study is actually still continuing, and they brought more men in and so on. But what they found with these men in their 90s is that the number one thing that brought happiness to these men was relationships, mm. love. That, that They said nothing else brought happiness, not job satisfaction, not career success, not wealth, not the house you lived in. None of that brought happiness. It was relationships that brought happiness and so really what we that that's encouraging for us then as parents to to know what to invest in with our kids Mm. Uh, I have this parenting mantra that I say to families I say parent with your child's future adult in mind so that when we make decisions around what we do with our kids we're thinking about who we are raising, not just the tantrum today in in the shop about the lollies or not the new newest iPhone. That is not going to bring happy adults one day. It's actually the, our relationship with them. So well, that's, that's wow. I mean, it's exciting, but also a little bit scary to think that if the true key to happiness is healthy relationships, yes. that well, it's exciting to know if we do them right, then yes. the end result is great. But if we miss it and we mess it up, then ramifications are quite huge. Well, yeah, and and. The encouraging thing is it's not about perfection. Mm. It's actually about connection. So 
it and it wasn't just romantic relationships. So it was people. So if you're not in a, a romantic relationship, that also doesn't mean you're not going to be happy. It's about having one or two people you're connected with in your life who bring meaning to your life, who you can bounce off of, who uh, who you are intimate relationally with, uh, who you can be real with, that kind of thing. So uh, there's even hope for, for people who have had poor family backgrounds. If you can find somebody that you connect with that could have been a mentor or as you get older, someone who you care about or a dear friend, that is what leads to health. And so what was interesting with these men and the relationships, it actually had a knock-on effect on their physical health. Mm and their mental health, not just the happiness, but just feeling like you had meaning. And then they saw physical signs in their bodies. They had less, they were less likely to uh, develop dementia and all sorts of other things in their old age. So, wow. Mm, Is that why you look good, babe? Because you've got a good relationship. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Find some way to take credit. <laughs> it's all about you. you. You are the answer to it all. Well, obviously, I, I mean, I once heard this statement that what walks in parents runs in their kids and, and I see myself cracking the same bad dad jokes that my dad did <laughs> don't and, we all yeah. <laughs> don't we all and now I look at my kids and they kind of replicate what we do I mean my son rarely wears a shirt <laughs> and he obviously gets that from his mum yes <laughs> no that's obviously from me <laughs> that would be scary but the thing about you know growing kids that are healthy and that do well in life so I'm trying to build a relationship with my daughter but I find right now she's eight years old yep. and so Emma will take her for walks every now and again and, and and with the kids being under 10 years old I think we're perfect parents right now because they're still alive and that's probably the only yes, a there you go. They're, still alive. they're still alive so I'm a perfect parent but I find conversation with my daughter she feels so much more comfortable talking to mum so for example they'll go on these walks and Emma comes back and she'll sit me down and say um, I think we need to talk and it's like all this stuff I never realized as a dad how do I build a better relationship with my daughter well I'm so glad you brought up the the dad idea because I think traditionally men stood back. Mm. Well, not I think, I know. Men stood back from uh, being involved in the parenting. I'm just so hopeful now because dads are so involved with their mm. children. Dads need to show up in their kids' lives from the time they're born. Uh, you know, it's not just a mum's job because she breastfeeds or, or feeds the baby or changes the baby. Uh, dads need to show up. But they need to continue showing up throughout their children's lives, including their daughters. Daughters, there is obviously a, a great relationship between mum and daughter. She, a, a girl will learn what is valuable about being a woman from her mum, but she also learns value in what a woman is through her dad, mm. by how her dad treats her as a woman, how he talks about her mother, how he refers to other women when he thinks she's not listening. Uh, and encouragingly, what will happen with your daughter is you will go through phases where she will move in closeness between both or either parent if you as a dad just keep showing up. Mm. Uh, there are times when, now that my daughter's in her, her teenage years, there are times where she will actually open up to my husband about things uh, where she always used to open up to me. Her and I are still really close, but mm. I celebrate that when that happens with my husband and uh, and she will talk to him about certain things because he's just pursued her. He's pursued that relationship mm. with her. 
uh, taken her out for coffees, insisted on walks with her with the dog. Now, how old is your daughter, just to get some clarity? Uh, she's 15 now. 15. Okay. Yeah. So And so because my husband has always been there, uh, I think that's the key. As you're the parent, it is your job, even if your child appears to push you away, mm. uh, you just keep letting them know, I'm here, I'm here. Uh, uh, the saddest part for me is teenagers telling me, my parents have stopped kissing me goodnight mm. when I go to bed. Uh, they wave me off from the couch. Teenagers tell me they desperately still wish for that. They wish their parents would even just stick their head in the door and say mm. goodnight. Mm. They still want connection. Yeah. Uh, there's incredible research on, on how much teens still need connection uh, with, with their parents. So it, it's really vital that we still connect in with our teens. That's really helpful because I remember, was it year just after kindy? So initially we lived next to the school. So the kids, initially we'd walk them all the way into school. And I remember when our daughter Hosanna, she was moving from kindy to year one. We walked her to the gate and she kind of just sort of put her hand to me and said, <laughs> I'm fine from here, daddy. I'm like, what? You're a fetus. You're, you're not even a human yet. You're telling me you don't need me to walk you in. And it's amazing how as parents, I, I sometimes felt I needed to go off her gauge of how she's feeling. But you're saying, no, no, still push in, still give the kisses, still give the hugs, even though they might feel like I don't need yes, it Yes. Uh, let me just say, you still feel like your child is a baby when they're 17. I've got a 17-year-old son doing HSC. HSC and, and as a parent, sometimes you've got to gauge how much do I jump in and how much do I let them be independent? Mm. I think uh, you're touching on an interesting issue there because I do think when children show independence or they want to show independence in certain things, we have to allow that. But in, in other areas when it might be more private at home, those are times you pursue them and you still show up at their school events and, and so on, even though they pretend you're not there, even when they're a mm -hmm. teenager, they do want to know that you're there. And they will never admit that to you. Maybe they'll tell you when they're in their 20s mm -hmm. that they loved it. But it's about um, pushing in. But, yeah, still allowing the independence. And some children are very shy and, and still need uh, lots of help with that. It's interesting because my daughter, there's no way. She was still hanging on my leg yeah. to go into the kindy class probably halfway through kindy. So it depends on kids' personalities. You were chatting about your daughter before we started the podcast yes. and you said she's 15 now, about to travel overseas with you, yes. so confident to talk to people. But initially when she was in kindy, you mentioned she was so shy, she wouldn't even put her hands up yep. to ask to go to the toilet. She'd yep. ask her friend. Now, interestingly, my wife, when we first met, she's certainly changed now. I don't know what I've created, <laughs> but she, she was so shy. But now she'll definitely tell exactly what she thinks. I think it's the Jamaican family rubbing off on her where my parents I had offer... To, I had to survive wow. marrying into a Jamaican family where assertiveness is, well, part of everyday life. Well, I mean, the difference is in families, and you talk about healthy families, uh, Emma came from a background where you ask her parents and her family, you know, where do you want to go? And it's like, oh, wherever you think, whatever you want <laughs> whatever to do. Whatever you like. Uh, they're both. <laughs> my, both of my parents are phlegmatic. Wow. And, Very easygoing. And okay. you have to push to get an answer. Where mine, you don't even ask for it. And they'll just come up and say. But there's one thing about thinking, here's the goal of confidence. And right now, my daughter's similar. So she's in year two. And she's a sort of 
a person where I instilled in her respect for adults. And if an adult says no, or you say no, someone needs to respect that. But if daddy says no, it's no. And so she went to school and she asked the teacher, she'd go to the toilet. And the teacher said, no, wait till recess, which was about, you know, 15 minutes away. So she respected that to the point where she couldn't hold herself anymore. And so she ended up wetting her pants. This was in kindy, was it, babe? Mm, And so obviously that went to the extreme. She respected the no. But I just want to instill this confidence in her where she can feel she can speak up but at the same time respect how do you manage that and how do you instill the confidence in them so when they're older they can say what they want so i think there's two areas there i think something you've you've touched on there is body body boundaries um, and body safety issues in a sense Uh, i mean that is kind of that falls into that category when you need the toilet even being able to know and teaching children to read their body signals and I even got to the point where I said to my children if you are desperate for the toilet and the teacher says no you run out and my, and I had also taught respect and and one of my children said to me oh but we'll get into trouble I said I said no you won't I said because I, I will come in then and back you my children know I back the teachers all yeah. the way because I you know teachers do an amazing job but if it's something to that extreme my children need to know I will back them mm. when it's something extreme or or something to do with their own bodies Uh, they've got to learn to read their bodies and learn to know when something is um, you know against godly principle even or uh, and so the things that that I taught my daughter um, or all my children really when they were incredibly shy about things I would do things like what we call the um, you know graduating effect or the stepladder approach even in, in anxiety where you Give them little steps to follow. Uh, so uh, when one of my children was too shy to go into the classroom, every day for quite a while, I would move back a pole every day. So I'd start at the classroom door and then each day or so I would say, right, tomorrow mommy's going to be standing at that pole mm. and we're going to say goodbye. So she knew in, in, in advance what was going to happen and then the next day we'd wave goodbye until I was eventually standing at the kiss and drop and then driving off. Mm-hmm. And so even instilling confidence, you do little things like that where they just might give the money to the shop shop lady or the shopkeeper, whatever you call it, mm-hmm. without saying anything or just giving a little wave rather than speaking initially you just do little things that they can cope with until they feel confident enough to do more and more. Mm. Now, Colette, I do want to touch on this. You have some great advice to create healthy family environments. Yes. And I've chatted to you briefly about this before, and I remember thinking, I need to somehow get a recording of this so I can listen to this <laughs> when my kids are teenagers because it's going to save our whole family. And as you know, Colette, I've told you how challenging I was as a teenager, yes. so I'm already on high alert. As, as a teenager? <laughs> yes, as a teenager. Okay. I came good. She's grown that. out of it. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Colette. Uh, so what are some of the ways we can create healthy family environments? It starts with unconditional love. Uh, we know that, particularly as Christians, we know uh, we talk about unconditional love. But really what unconditional love is, is your kids and your teens knowing no matter what you do, I will be here for you and I will love you. Now, that, is, however, is no excuse for consequences. Children and even adults know that you will always have to face a consequence. However, I will love you through unconditionally comes to what I call show and tell. So you show your children that you love them by 
uh, doing things that are meaningful to them. Uh, tell your children a lot that you love them. Yeah. And sometimes it's not even, uh, I think saying I love you is very important. You should say it at least once a day. Yeah. But also telling them other things, telling them what you love about them and not just their outer appearance. I love how you were so kind to your sister then or I loved how you I smiled at the lady. I saw you growing confidence there and, and showing love. And I think that's actually for adults as well because... Yes. Honestly, when Emma says she loves me, it's nice. But when she says she loves me because, <laughs> yeah, it actually adds value to it or adds weight to it. I love you and there's a because or why I love you Absolutely. or what I love about you. It's key. And so you can sit on your children's bed at night and, and talk to them about that. Children will love that because they think they get extended bedtime. <laughs> uh, and I mentioned the, the teenagers as well. Some of the best times talking to teens is at night when the lights are out. Uh, sitting on the side of their bed. Sometimes it helps because they don't have to make eye contact. Mm. So they don't feel like you um, analyzing them or, or whatever yeah. it might be. Teenagers need an average of about six hours time with their families in the week. When you first hear six hours, you think, whoa. But it's, but it's actually not, it's not huge. It doesn't have to be one-on-one eyeball to eyeball time. It's mm. uh, family dinners. It's going for a walk. It's chatting while you're unpacking the dishwasher. It's trying to intentionally have those conversations. We actually see teens who have that average of six hours are less likely to use drugs and alcohol uh, and, and actually rebel seriously and I said earlier even the Mission Australia statistics or their survey every year comes out that children value advice from their family and friends or close family members higher than the internet and so we always say oh teenagers and and their phones they actually would go to a person before the internet they want to hear from us as Mm. parents so talk invest uh, do things like family dinners. Yeah. When children are little, I'll, I'll be the first to admit, when you've got babies, that is difficult. It's difficult to, to get everybody at the table. You've got the, the little toddler who's starving at five o'clock in the mm. afternoon. Or the big, or the big adult, or the, or the pregnant <laughs> wife who's starving. There you go. <laughs> I, I actually find that challenging, the timing. Yes. Because the kids want dinner early. Uh, right now, I'm pregnant and I'll eat anytime. But I have found, yeah, especially with our little 11-month-old, like she wants yep. food at 5 p.m. So the family dinners have gotten quite challenging because she, she definitely wants to eat at 5 5.30. Just to confirm, they're not challenging because of Emma's cooking. It's just challenging because of the 11-month-old. I meant challenging to get everyone together. Okay. And look, my cooking is not great. That probably adds to the challenge You're getting for better, everyone. sweetheart. You're getting better. I'm, look, I'm not, a, I'm not a cooking fan, I have to say. So I'm with you on that. Okay, this has just released a whole lot of women of freedom yes. with their roles. Fantastic. When your kids were little, how did you do that? Or did you do that? Is it look, a seasonal I, thing? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm the first one to, to always confess that as much as... Um, I'm a believer in family dinners. It's really tough when your kids are little. So don't beat yourself up when they're little. Uh, my children didn't, we didn't sit down for dinners when my kids were, were small. Uh, that's actually only happened since my youngest was in kind of primary, really, when he wasn't ravenous. It's really hard when the, the little ones are ravenous and mm. your husband's not home yet and your teens are, are can wait till later. So really it's about, with your, your family dinner times, uh, I'll talk about how it is for me now. Uh, really, now it's become a very precious time. I try and do it about three times a week. Mm-hmm. There's interesting research that which shows that there's, uh, we're not sure exactly why, but there's amazing benefits to having dinners with your children. They think it's because 
there's suddenly time where you're investing. Uh, so there's no phones at our table. We actually have something where I... Hang on, hang on. <laughs> you're saying no phones? Because no right phones? now, like, it looks like replying to this thing. Like, even for me, I'm yep. not even blaming the kids. I'm trying to send a text about work or an email. So you're saying it's healthy yep. to No put phones at the table, no technology, no TVs on. Actually sitting down. And, and so we have things where we talk about uh, list your one fun or happy or wonderful thing that happened in the day and one thing that was tough or sad or not fun Mm -hmm. adults have to contribute it's so important for kids to hear their moms and dads talk about something that that wasn't great in the day Mm. and how they responded to it and how they came to a solution or didn't come to a solution even it's it's important for kids to know that about their parents Uh, and so this research is fascinating because they think it's because suddenly there's this time where children think we are important. This is us and mm. it's our time. And even if it's, you know, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, I know, I mean, my family does sport. Uh, we kind of limit the amount of sport there's, there is in the week uh, to one per child per term. But even with that, there's lots of sport happening. So I try and do three family meals a week at least. But with your little children, do a family picnic out on the lawn on a Sunday afternoon. Mm. Uh, have a, a you know a two minute tea party out on the on the patio with your tiny toddler who's got a two minute well, uh, attention span. Just start you know those kind of habits really early. Start where you're at. Just to yeah. confirm, your kids are how old? What are the three ages of your kids? So 10, 15, and seventeen. And when did you start it? You said you didn't start it when they were toddlers. So when did you Abs- start? Uh, probably once my youngest was in primary school, and he could start to sit engage. down and and engage more. And even then, he was squirming and worming off the chair. So so be flexible as mm. well. Don't don't make it regimented. Yeah. We'd sometimes let him go off a little bit uh, and sit with the teenagers more and. As he got older, we have expected more from him. So just be where your children are at. It shouldn't be a punishment, mm. but your children will come to value it, I, I believe. My children do. They value that time. I think it's so good you're saying it's never too late to start because sometimes you're like, oh, man, we haven't done it now. Can we start it now? They're going to push back and yep. it's going to be... T- well, interestingly, one question I want to ask is on the whole thing about clarifying what is healthy because in our family, we talked around the dinner table. like We asked yes. so many questions. And it's funny actually going up to Emma's family around Christmas time, I I mean, I just throw the questions, you know, what was the sort of the biggest mistake you've made yeah. or what are the happiest moments in your life? And, you know, each time Emma's like, I actually never knew that about my family yes. or never knew that yes. about my parent. But to them, <laughs> healthy was just, as long as you ate dinner, no one said anything. Yeah. I mean, that's probably extreme. <laughs> but <laughs> it's when, how do you deal with the differences about what you expect about what was good so, so we also don't force our children to answer both questions either there mm. are days where they might be having a bad day they might be in a bad mood and they go i don't feel like talking now i don't say well you will tell us your bad part <laughs> of the day uh, I will, we're actually okay with them saying oh i don't really have much today and moving on from them well, i find good. it doesn't happen often but they need to feel like I can just listen. That's still valuable. It's still important for them to hear about their family. And they slowly do come out and and want to to tell or talk. I mean, my my youngest has become the most enthusiastic about it. And he is the first one to want to set the table and make it nice. And these days he wants to put candles on. For him in this period, suddenly it's very precious. Mm. So they go through phases. And I've heard you also talk, Colette, about love bomb days. Yes. Tell us what they are. 
So the love bomb day, that's not my invention of uh, of the term, isn't my invention, but uh, I really like the term. It's really about just exploding with love for your child on that day. I have this this friend who is actually a dad of six kids. Hello. Yeah. (laughs) And so what he does is every December holidays, when there's the longer holiday period, he lets his children choose. So he will say, this is going to be your day, and he spreads it out. And then they, the, his children actually think about it all year. Mm. And they know when their day is coming up, they can choose one place they can go out to eat, one place they can pay to enter, and then the rest of the day they have to be creative. However, I have to say, if you're a parent who financially can't do that, it's not about the money for the kids. If you say to your children, we'll go to the local shopping center and you choose what food you would like to take on the picnic, let, let them choose... And where would you like to go? We can't, it can't be paid or there's no entry. You have to choose where we go and do uh, beaches. My, my husband actually did a, a time where um, he went with, with one of my children where he did a beach crawl day. That was what one of my kids chose. So not like the pub crawl. They did what they called their beach crawl day. And they just went down uh, somewhere, DY or whatever, and just went and swam got out, hopped in the car, went to the next beach, swam, hopped in the car. That's what my, my one of my boys decided that's what they want to do, do on their cool. day. What and a great idea. That was their fun day. So I love yeah. that. Any excuse to take the shirt off and yep. go to the beach with the kids. <laughs> so really for kids, it's about investing in them, knowing that, uh, that kids love traditions and rituals. Start mm. a tradition in your family, whether it's a Christmas t- tradition cool. or a birthday tradition. A friend of mine hangs banners and bunting the night before and everyone gets up and makes waffles in the morning. Uh, my family's not morning people, so we don't do that the night before. It's the night of the birthday that we have um, a special dinner mm-hmm. or whatever. Everyone hops into um, our big bed in the morning and we all sing happy birthday. That's our birthday ritual for everybody. Emmy, you'd so, love that, darling. Yeah. <laughs> we have talked uh, on a previous podcast about birthday expectations, Colette. Oh, it's a national holiday, Emma. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the whole world must stop. <laughs> And Inter- it must be planned weeks Inter- in advance. Uh, well, they're just very casual. Well, I don't know if you, sh- if, you sh- if you need to actually be celebrated for the fact that you were born. I mean, you didn't do much for it, but you I did, do. I to think the it should be. I think it's very I think important. The I kids think, should yeah. be celebrated, and the adults too. Actually, um, did you have any? Um, <laughs> speaking of uh, what Colette said, having these rituals, did you have any growing up that you would love to transfer to our um, family? Well, I mean, on the topic of birthdays, birthdays were a big deal and you knew that you were going to get spoiled on your birthday and it started in the morning. You had one present sitting outside your door. Wow. You had breakfast. I, I'm trying to remember if we ha- even had to go to school, to be honest. <laughs> uh, we had a, a party at home and and, and Colette, we, we were a very low income family, but we, we just made it happen at home. So mm-hmm. I guess because we didn't have much, yeah. that was our one event of the year. So that was, yeah, that was always the day mm. where you were made to feel special and you got to choose a present and, yeah, had a dinner and, and it was always an event. Yeah, yeah. and so, so it's not about perfection. Nothing is specifically healthy for every family. Mm. Yeah. It's really what you and your husband or your wife sit down together and work out. These are the kind of traditions we'd like to... And sometimes traditions just evolve and you go oh we've done this for three years that's mm. become a tradition and yeah you know it's really about you and your family and it's just about your kids knowing i see you i know you 
you are important to me. Yeah. That's, you know, that's it's interesting, um, as you say that, just taking that time so they feel loved and feel important. One of the things that we stumbled on by accident just this Christmas was a road trip. And Emma used to tell me, you used to tell me about the Newcastle trips you guys oh, to take. Yes. So for those listening from yes, overseas, yes. it's Queensland and Newcastle, which is a good, what, you know, 10 hour plus drive. Mm. And we didn't at the time, this Christmas time, we thought, do we want to spend thousands of dollars on the flights, on the car hire, on the baby seat hire? What if we actually did a road trip from Sydney all the way to Ipswich to see Emma's family? And anyone we spoke to, they're like, it's going to be the worst. They're just going to scream. It's going to be like, can I go to the toilet now? Can we stop now? Are we there yet? And that's that was normally just Emma asking those questions. Everyone said it would be like that, but I kept saying, no, Terrence, I have fabulous memories of road wow. trips. And I didn't have any. And we thought, let's just give it a crack. And it was actually the most special time to interact with the kids. We actually had some times where we put the devices down. We played Simon Says. Oh, we, we played I Spy. Spotter, spotter. <laughs> but just those, just taking the devices away and actually having quality, intentional time where we yeah. talked and played games together. I felt that, that the relationship tank just filled up. Beautiful. Mm. Yeah, Not good. only for the kids, but also for Emma and I, yeah. just having that time, quality time to talk. And I think that's probably one of the traditions we'll add to our family for yeah. health. Yeah. Wonderful. And it's cheaper than flying. <laughs> yeah. Wins. Ticks all the boxes. Colette, thank you so much for chatting today. We have have received a wealth of knowledge and I think everyone listening has and we have much more to ask. So we're going to get you back Yay, on you. another podcast. So thanks so much for listening and we hope you got something out of it. We hope it helped you and subtly send it to your friends who you think could do with some help as well or not so subtly. And if you'd like to hear more and read more from Colette, check out ColetteSmart.com. Yes, and I think for me, the big one line of the big take home is relationships can be healthy and family relationships and dynamics to be healthy are easier than you think. It just takes a little bit of intentional yes. time to spend together so people feel like they belong and that they're loved unconditionally. And I love you, Emma. Thank you, Colette. <laughs> Thank you, Colette. Thanks for listening to the Terrence and Emma podcast, all about relationships and seeing things differently. If you liked it, share the love and send it round and tune in again next time.